Hello, and welcome to the Four Cornered Room. I'm your host, Cody Clark, and right now, my basement is full of my best friends. Moxie O'Brien. Oh, hey. What? Ian Compton. Oh, shit, Moxie. What? And Abe Zito. Uh-huh. <laughs> if that doesn't just that's That's honest as fuck. To, yeah. be, to be perfectly frank, that's honest as fuck. I'm honestly just as delirious from... The spiral of stories you gave us just yeah, a few hours rough, ago. Eh? I thought uh, I'd start this episode out with a bit of a lighter turn and say that I had my first fried Oreo before we started. There we go. Ooh. Hell yeah. So that had never happened, and it did. Mm-hmm. Can't fuck up an Oreo. No, I mean, I was always kind of skeptical. Like, I thought to myself, if it was sort of like a funnel cake with an Oreo inside of it, that would be dope. That wasn't oh, really what it shit. was, yeah. but it was still good. I'm actually surprised. I don't think I've ever had one. Yeah, it's not really something that I think Pennsylvania is particularly known for, but Sheets sells them now. Mm. So I, I figured have had an Oreo deep fried in funnel cake batter. It is as good as you think. See, you know what's better? You know it. Yeah. Oh, what's oh. better? Whoa, 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 whoa! Breaking story. Twix. Oh, I'm sorry. Fuck. A, what, twi- what about freeze a Twix? a Twix. Put it, put it in the funnel cake batter. Deep fry that shit. The the caramel like melts into oh, the cookie. Oh god. And it's fucking delicious. It's amazing. Are you a witch? <sighs> I, I know that, that has to be some kind of witchcraft that yeah, you're it has to Oh, be. oh, mm-hmm. your yes. mother is definitely a food witch. Yes, yeah, she's right. real good at cooking. Holy shit. Out, Some Mama like Zito. the preserves and stuff that, that that woman has whipped up is fucking <laughs> See how much she could <laughs> <laughs> See, that was so much easier. Yeah. See how see how high she fries. Fantastic. Deep fried in anything. Covered in chocolate. It's amazing when you're high. Anyway. <laughs> that's, that's no um, lie. This energy <laughs> for this episode is so much more palatable. You know? I'm, I'm trying to bring the mood up after bumming everyone out talking about murder for an hour. Yeah, we half, had that. That, um, that was like a a triple whammy content warning yeah i mean it's it felt necessary but it's also like a necessary part of american history exactly it's um, what the, the uh, murder yeah all of it oh yeah literally yeah, yeah. the dark I corners mean, that uh, have been neglected for since the beginning of the history of america. a lot of it's still not being taught in schools exactly so we're it's teaching illegal it to teach yeah i mean uh mars school which is how far from here is mars boys 45 minutes half hour uh, it's less yeah, than 45 hour. yeah right? mars half is 20 like minutes 35 away. minutes would be like, like mars like, like mars mars yeah it's our mars mars is 20 minutes away like they 25. just banned the teaching of critical race yeah, theory and said that you could only teach american patriotic education i'm pretty sure remarkable because like because like that yes it does we are what we is work american in that county patriotic education other than lying to children yeah it's lying you know. to children that's all it's it's just this special way they figured out a way of saying it are the reasons exactly. to stop being a, going to be a teacher. I didn't want to I was, to I was going to be a teacher, too. And I'm glad I didn't, because I feel like I would have lost my and goddamn here, mind. You guys are being teachers. Side note, Yeah, I, I, I vibe on that a lot, actually. You know? Probably could uh, substitute, though, if you just get your clearance. Like, I, you think with a record? Never, well, my record's been expunged, so technically so I yeah. don't have... If you just pay the whatever fee to get your three clearances, you and I could substitute. You have, and, and could we you know. imagine yes. me in a public school yes. setting? Well, this is... Yes. It, really? So I already had an idea if I would become, become a substitute. Depends I'd, on the school, I would be that honestly, substitute. Here. I would be the, the substitute that would... Everyone would come to my class and be like, All right, well, I'm Mr. Compton. Welcome to your... Uh, 
uh, Miss Thompson's English class. Uh, today, you're going to learn. I'm going to hit the PowerPoint. We're going to learn about Rush today. <laughs> I'm going to make all these fucking PowerPoints about all these bands. And then like, there's going to be like this rumor like, guys, have you had the substitute who teaches you about classic rock? So you would just be the movie School of Rock. You would then. be the School of, the until they, school until of Rock. Until they're forced to give me a position. <laughs> and then I try forced? To, and then, yeah, I yeah. I all the teachers what, quit. I don't know what America you're living in. Yeah, but I'm sorry. I thought I was Jack Black in the, a movie. That so. happens sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Every hey. once in a while, I wake up and think I'm Jack Black in that movie, Saving Silverman. Oh my God! Coming oh. a yeah! Coming a yeah! Holy shit! I want so, Arby's so bad. I don't know if now. anybody's if anybody's uh, picked up on it yet, but we're not doing a typical Friday today. Uh, I, I yeah, have no music. Sorry, y'all. Commandeered Friday for part two of um, the myth of American meritocracy, uh, and today we're going to talk a bit about housing and generational wealth. But I figured that that's a fairly dry topic, so we could do some ha ha at the top because you know it's, it's yeah. we we have fun. <laughs> and I think there'll be some interesting perspective from you guys on this because you all work in industries that deal with uh, rich people. You know, well, yeah, rich people yeah. and their homes. Yes, exactly. Um, so previous to the Fair Housing Act, which sort of on paper anyway ended housing discrimination, but not really. Uh, and in response to the New Deal, the Federal Housing Authority was founded in 1934, the FHA. Uh, uh-huh. As is well known by now, the FHA refused loans to black people or anyone living anywhere near black people. Um, they, Racist. Yes. I right. mean, we talked a bit, I think, in the Watts Riots episode about blockbusting yes. and some other redlining adjacent practices that were really popular at the time. Uh, but the FHA graded neighborhoods from a, a letter A, which was green, to a D, which was red. Hmm. Uh, I have here the description of their yellow or C grade neighborhoods. Yellow areas are characterized by age, obsolescence, and change of style. Expiring restrictions or a lack of them, that's housing restrict let's racial housing restrictions mm. in case you didn't pick up on that. Mm-hmm. Infiltration of lower grade populations. Lower grade lower population. grade population. Infiltration, infiltration, I think, is the word we're missing yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Infiltration of lower grade populations. So, and again, this is the federal housing authority uh, discussing uh, lower grade populations. That word means it's the big one. Right. <laughs> it's it's the, the big stick oh my god it's supposed to be the good stick no it's not the, the, bad fe- stick? the federal stick is never the good it's stick, the bad stick. yes it's the bad mm-hmm. stick yes uh, no national guard so, hear that kiddies it's the bad stick <laughs> lower grade populations the presence of influences which increase sales resistance which is another way to say living next to black people i mean presence of influences which increase sales resistance. sales resistance the only word they forgot to put in there is jazz I such don't know why. as <laughs> i was waiting for that word to be like thrown in you know <laughs> they usually do like to add that on as, as a qualifier <laughs> encourages jazz music and black people it's also more sh- this goddamn color bullshit again yeah yeah, yeah. it's fucking 
It's it's also nerdy. Stop taking colors. There's, it's crazy that white supremacy supremacy has become like this world dominating force because it is so fucking dorky at the end it's of the day. So goddamn like, dudes who call themselves things like the Secret Nine and the Fire Eaters, color coding their yeah. ways of I human think, domination. Yeah, it kind of feels like uh, <clears throat> like a kindergartner's graph of emotions, and it's all color coded. So like. When they're confused and angry, they can just point to one. You know, I think that there is, not to insult anybody here, but I think there is something to that lack of depth in white male emotion because a lot of you Mm -hmm. never have to mature. Yeah, address any any problematic choices we make. No, because society doesn't make you. No. And, like, I've, I've been vibing on this a lot lately in that, um, let me, let me back up a bit, that, like, we talk about... When I say we, I mean people who aren't white men, by the way. Uh, like, white male incompetence. Of course. Like, and I'm sure you've all observed on the internet, like, my, my husband can't do his own laundry. He doesn't know how to boil water. He, I ask him to do things, and he says he doesn't know how, or this, that, or the other thing. Like, yeah, I, uh, uh, I, I played Magic the Gathering with a Marine who bragged quite braggadociously that uh, he had never changed his child's diaper and didn't know how to do it. Fucking gross. Not the diaper, yeah. the dude saying he didn't do it. That's yeah. disgusting. Bragged. Yeah. It was his wife's job. Wow. Okay. I mean, I'm not actually surprised. It's, it's just always weird. We were playing it. Magic the Gathering. I mean, way to be a stereotype, for starters. <laughs> yeah, but... it's all about the nuclear identity that has been established through... Well, yes. You know... I think that that's... Like, the, that idea that certain things are women's work is obviously socially mm-hmm. reinforced, but right. uh, what I what I wanted to point out is that this idea that, like, there's a lot of things that, like, typically white men don't do because there's this block of that's not my job or I don't know how. Of course. It's, it's reinforced by the black people and non-male people in your lives understanding you won't do them and doing them for you. Exactly, there is yeah. a social understanding that like you're not going to be socially aware because no one's going to make you. So we need to figure out how to f- structure society properly around or in spite of you. And I think that the, the way I rationalize that to people is to say that like, you know how cats evolved the ability to meow not to communicate with each other, but to solicit a codependent response from humans. Yeah, I know what you mean. White male incompetence is the human equivalent of a meow. It doesn't serve an evolutionary purpose, but you get a response where someone will come in and fix everything. That is a Because we all analogy. know you're not going to clean up the oil spill. Someone is going to need to do that, or we'll just let the planet die. Yeah, I, <laughs> I totally understand that. I know, <clears throat> no offense. I know. To, to anyone here, no, it's just it. an observation that that I think is nah, I'm good. Uh, socially relevant, of course, uh, and you know contributing to the destruction of the planet. As a white um, male, I co-sign that. That oh, well, is exactly you. what happened. Oh, I'm fucking dumb as shit, you guys. You have no idea. <laughs> oh, I was literally just here, like I'm just a dude. Yeah. Well, and I mean, there's, there's exa- and I here. think you see so many, <laughs> so many times, like white men in particular, this is reinforced. Where like, you live with your mothers until you're in your like mid thirties, and she's still doing your laundry, she's still making your bed, she's right. still cooking your meals, Can and you, you get to a point where it's her. like you imme- immediately <laughs> transition from your mother to your wife, yeah. and there's no personal growth period in no. between there where you figure out how to become like a functioning, independent human being. You just know how to be parented 
by someone. Yeah, yeah. I've cut those people out of my life. They're we, unhealthy, toxic fucking people. Yeah, like, they, they have, we're also uh, dissuaded from from like the media and stuff. That's that's part of toxic masculinity. Is you're not supposed to do that. Someone's supposed to do that for you. Exactly. Really? Like in what way? I mean, in in just what you watch and like, just the way people talk to the each dishes other. yeah or, well, I think, yeah, like any household chore like you know to that point and I, i'm glad that i'm gonna have this on record because it's something i've been saying privately for years before i was really interested in like gender dynamics i had a really negative opinion about male female relationships a lot of which was reinforced by modern entertainment and this depiction of white women as the shrew right like your oh, wife yeah. is this uh you know uh, angry heavy who's always up your ass about things that you do and this was echoed in a lot of my relationships as well but what i think we don't understand is that those characters are written by white dudes yes they are mm-hmm. like you know mm-hmm. uh, i, I mm-hmm. my my partner had a situation recently where they went out with a friend who wanted to watch the help and i've always hated that film and always felt like the overall messaging of that film is incredibly negative and really reductive and that film was written produced and directed by a series of white men over the age of 50 it's about how black women and white women were interacting during a period of time in civil rights white men wrote and directed the whole goddamn thing so like whenever you look at it on the back real good about it super woke right so like it's one of those things where like when you're watching this thinking the way that black people are portrayed in media is antithetical to my personal experience well a white dude came up with that you know so i think that that's an important uh you have your hand up ian oh uh they may have done the screenplay and the, or the screenwriting in the book and stuff i just want to point out that Catherine stockett wrote the book that wrote the, the help, book right. but in my initial just looking it up it says Catherine stockett author of the massive bestseller the help uh, is being sued by her brother's family longtime nanny who says Stockett borrowed her likeness and her story without permission. So fuck so them all, So a white right? woman wrote the book based on a black woman she her, didn't her, give her credit nanny. to. Yeah. So fuck them all, and right? Then a whole, and then sold the story to a whole bunch of white men who turned yeah. it into a film. Yeah. I tried, person, I tried to help you, though. The we did it. Did we did it, everyone. Mission accomplished. Yeah, Let's go home. Right. So I think that's just a fun, unintentional microcosm of what I'm talking about. Yes, for sure. Really. I don't um, know why, but uh, Whitey on the Moon is just playing in my head. <laughs> <laughs> a rat done bit my sister Nell. And Whitey's on the moon. Anyway, I thought about wearing that T-shirt today. Actually, I have a Whitey on the Moon T-shirt that I wore like when I Jeff know. Bezos went to space. Oh, I had um, some. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I, uh, talking about the uh, the way women are portrayed, it was going to vibe off of you for a second. Uh, yeah. Uh, we were just talking about School of Rock off mic a minute ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that movie is one of the main reasons Sarah Silverman doesn't take roles very often in movies. Really? Is because she hates the character she played in that. Because she plays such an awful, mean, true of a woman. It's yeah. a terrible character. Okay. Yeah, it's yeah, a yeah. really okay. terrible character. I, I remember that exactly, yeah. I, I haven't seen that movie since I was probably in high school, so I don't remember Sarah Silverman even being She was that. portrayed as, like, But the... that's also something that happens to a lot yeah. of women yeah. in film, film yeah. and television. Exactly. Is... So then yeah. you get to see the awakening of Joan Cusack. Yeah. You know, we've also, like, <laughs> seen a lot of, like, social conversation about, like, Skylar White from Breaking Bad. Mm, yes. Yeah, you know, yeah, that's another yeah. way that, that it manifests, I think, in this. 
well, he got to go off and do whatever he wanted and kill people and make millions of dollars selling meth, and she was mad that he wasn't home for dinner. What an awful bitch. Yeah, it's the male actually, ego tilting the scales again. I very distinctly remember watching Breaking Bad and being like, why do I hate Skylar? She's not doing anything wrong. I mean, I think it's... It's a portrayal thing. This is a super divergent point, but I think that it has to do with the way the series started. Like, from the first episode of that show, you're very clearly supposed to hate and resent Walt's family. And then they flush them out over over the preceding seasons to where they're, like, human beings and also victims and subjected to Walt's horrible behavior. So, like, there's a point at which... I, as a person watching the show, was like, wow, Skylar is terrible. But then a few seasons in, you're like, I can't believe she hasn't killed him in his sleep yet. Yeah. <laughs> like, how I, are you putting up with any of this? Because <laughs> this of, a, wait, but this kind of reinforces what you're saying. The dynamic. Yes. The yes. husband-wife dynamic. Regardless of what tension is actually there, it is always and we to can't, be the picturesque. And we can't have a nuanced conversation about you. that yeah. as long as me- white men write everything. Exactly. Is is I think yes. the, the what were you gonna say? Ian? Uh, silly, <laughs> you, you interrupted a silly thing. Is why I'm just saying. I if I re rewatching uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Okay. The when you first watch it, the neighbors, uh, Louise, the Elaine from the uh, okay. from Seinfeld, yeah, her, yeah, yeah, her yeah, character yeah. and her boyfriend, yeah. they're like the the prissy neighbors, yuppie people. Rewatch that movie now as Clark Griswold as the villain to their story. Seriously, they I he mean, just keeps fucking up their lives. They have not done anything to them, <laughs> but they're the ones you hate. <laughs> but they didn't do dick. They didn't do anything. It's about the way things are portrayed in film. I mean, yeah, written exactly. by white guy. I think about how in you know we talk about classic comedies, Ian. Like we the first season of the show on a couple of occasions referenced how like one of your favorite comedies is blazing saddles. And I fucking hate that movie. I love Mel Brooks. And it's, it's just a thing, you know, socially speaking where, because Mm -hmm. white men determine what is classic, a lot of things that are determined to be masterpieces would be viewed by black people or women as racist, misogynistic garbage. I, it's 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 an entire uh, perspective of who has been allowed to determine what is of value in our society. I mean, at one point, that's I not me pump- coming for you specifically no, 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 because no. it's a broad cultural thing. You got to grow out exactly. of it. Like I used to put Porky's on my top. That I literally one of the movies I was thinking of. Because isn't there that scene where they all go to the black bar and, like, oh, they go to the jazz club or whatever the fuck it is? There's like, the scene where they're all peeping in the school. There's the scene with the teacher who howls like a wolf when she has sex. There's the scene fine. where they go out to the um, uh, the, the, the uh, fucking uh, shack in the woods and they're all naked and then they, they hired, like, Did a Did you a watch bl- this yesterday? No, I just, I think about how problematic. <laughs> I used to watch it okay. as a kid. Cause okay. Because yeah, my brother gave me a copy and it was, like, a bad thing to watch. For you know? sure. So you, and it was hilarious. Well, I mean, and the updated for so our gen- generation is american pie like there's yeah the the white male coming of age tale where you film women having sex against their will and try to get women drunk enough to have sex or figure out how to trick they're still making sequels of that message you know what i mean a long time in the early 2000s do you think it still isn't to some extent i mean i don't watch enough television to know how alcohol is portrayed in tv but I, I think that that's always sort of been like, even the way like we talk to male children, like, is this mm. your girlfriend? 
I that hate kind that of shit. stuff. Oh, like, I hate that shit. Yeah. If you did that to a to a to a little girl, people would have would righteously kick the shit out of you. Is that grown man your boyfriend? What is wrong with you? Yeah, exactly. But like boys are uh, sort of socialized to view that sort of behavior as completely socially acceptable. And as cute. I don't know how this got into gender studies. <sighs> we are segueing We're fucking hard, on it, boys. But like <laughs> it all stems from this it, well, fucking it does. top like, down I, bullshit. I, I made yeah. that joke in the other episode about how patriarchy is the other white privilege but like it fucking is and you have to think about how patriarchy affects like we talked about in the in monday's episode white womanhood is a weapon against other groups is the result Bingo. of how women are viewed by white men yes as a thing like my vagina you know what I mean? I like, but for real though, think about some of the T-shirts you see couples wear in public. You know oh, what I mean? I don't, oh, I'm not gonna do that. I'm not gonna. I mean? like, I'm not gonna think about Sturgis. I'm uh, by Growly. You know the templates I'm talking fair. about, though, right? Like I'm with stupid. I'm I'm, with I'm stupid. his gun-toting, liberty-loving lady, and he's the guy who knocked me and up. He's that my kind of shit. Forklift operator. <laughs> right. He's my yeah, forklift. Right. <laughs> okay. Okay. So here's an interesting question. Then, how do you guys? Guys, feel about that uh, that monologue Bill Burr did about a year ago on didn't SNL. hear it actually I don't watch SNL oh yeah no I don't really either but this was pretty big in the news I I enjoy Bill more than a lot of even... other people do uh, like as a person see I'm actually not a big fan of Bill Burr I a think. lot of people aren't I understand yeah. that I I did a lot of stand up in New England so like I yeah. have I have an appreciation for the guy yeah, that like, big video I, I'm saying this not knowing what he said and worried that I'm gonna sound like a huge asshole for saying I like the guy now. Okay, no, but... no, no, but it, it it's definitely like it, it's a it's a controversial thing. So uh, the monologue was a lot about how white women have uh, stolen woke culture I and agree. how white women have <laughs> yeah, and how white women have uh, have been acting like they haven't been benefiting from white supremacy I for completely just as long. agree with the premise so far yeah that that's what it's about yeah okay it probably yeah. didn't sound right coming from a white dude yeah I'm that's what I'm is saying the, but like that's a real thing that irritates the living shit out of me all the time it's sort of like I'm I'm doubly irritated by gay white men who affect black women's voices every time they decide oh, that something's God. funny. Like there's <laughs> just certain shit. things that are socially ingrained in white people as appropriate that are not appropriate. <laughs> and when someone goes to point out how inappropriate they are, there's a huge outrage. You're like, but that was supposed to be okay. No, you just weren't listening to anyone tell you it wasn't okay until now. Uh, so the, what was the controversy over the bit? Like, was it just that he should not have been talking about women or what? Well, yeah, and then, you know, women disagreeing. And, and just saying white supremacy at all, probably. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I can see the optics of Bill being the one who said it. A lot of people forget he wrote for Chappelle's show. Um, but I don't disagree with the point being made at all. Okay, yeah, that's um, about where I stand with it. But, you know, as, as a white guy... I. That's not There's a hard certain stance things I can take. you I all don't listen. need to have an opinion on yeah. publicly. Like, I think that's an aspect of privilege that doesn't get discussed enough is that part of it is assuming that everyone needs to give a shit what you think all the time. And some things like you don't need to have an opinion on. Like, right. do, 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 do men need to have an opinion on reproductive rights? Not really. Beyond I support you having them. I don't know that yeah, that's we like need to have. That's why I only share flowers online. Like, I, I, I don't I think don't need that. need to hear my opinion. Well, I. I guess I do this podcast. Well, yeah, there's there's some of but like at the same time, even within the context of this show, 
there are things that the three of you know are not your place to discuss because right. it's not your arena. You know what I mean? I think that's an important aspect of like white male privilege that needs to be addressed better is that like we get you have takes. No one wants to hear a lot of them. Yeah, you're out of your element, Donnie. Yeah, you, you're out of your element, Donnie. Shut the fuck up. And with that, how about we get to the uh, horrible racist shit that <laughs> we as oh, white people. I was people... in the middle of a quote like 15 minutes ago. I know. Ago. I totally we segued that. So I should probably hard. start. Should I start the quote? Should I start the quote over again at this point, or do yeah, we? Give okay. it, give right. it what back. All right. So we were talking about FHAs and uh, how they grade neighborhoods oh, from A yes. to D and green and red. And I was giving yeah. you the description of C grade neighborhoods, which was yellow. So I'm just going to start this quote over again. Oh, God. Yellow areas are characterized by age, obsolescence, and change of style. Expiring restrictions or lack of them, infiltration of lower grade population. The presence of influences which increase sales resistance. That's where we drew out there, off. <laughs> yeah, right there. Right there. Yep. Such as inadequate transportation, insufficient utilities, perhaps heavy tax burdens, poor maintenance of homes, etc., as well as neighborhoods lacking homogeneity. These areas have reached a transition period. Good mortgage, mortgage lenders are more conservative in the yellow areas and hold loan commitments under the lending ratio for the green and blue. So that's literally saying neighborhoods that house black people are less satisfactory and you should avoid giving them. Yeah, and if you do, make sure the interest is higher, apparently. Right, <laughs> and we're going to talk about how closing off like the loan industry to black people helped compound this situation a little bit as well. It's so funny. Was Blue um, just like, we've had sightings. <laughs> <laughs> I oh didn't God. look at all of the descriptions, but I have to assume that Blue is, you live close enough to a place that sells fried chicken. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, oh, no. And White is, so you have how many Barnes and Nobles <laughs> in your general vicinity? Again, I can see three a, from where I'm standing. There's there's a Barnes and Noble and a Panera Bread within arm's length of wherever you have. There's a Panera eat. Bread in that Barnes and Noble. <laughs> They're in the Whole Foods. Eh? Oh God. <laughs> They're in the fucking home. I'm scared. I don't want to be there. No, that's that we're in the bad place, Cody. Uh. <laughs> so the FHA was dissolved in the wake of the Fair Housing Act, as we discussed earlier. But many mortgage firms still still adopted the same principles of not giving out loans to black people. Uh, a new method of discrimination, a quieter one, was necessary. Enter the HOA. Yay. Oh, here oh, they are. Fuck, we work in those, Ian. Yeah, oh, I, I know, I, we're, we're gonna We're going to talk a bit about that, actually, because I'm curious to get some of your perspective on some of the things we're going to talk about here. Uh, quick take, they're bad. Yes, they are. Continue. And everywhere, by Dumb the way. and yeah. bad. Dumb, dumb and, and bad and wrong and bad. And everywhere uh, and bad. Everywhere's bad. <laughs> so HOAs, for those of you who aren't, aren't aware, are uh, homeowners associations. And they yep. rose to prominence in the 1950s, although they've yep. been around for a lot longer what than a that. Terrible decade. Right, everything wrong with everything people is. People love that fucking decade. White so much. people love that decade. Yes. <laughs> have, you, have you ever seen uh, the cracked video about how, how how time travel is just for white men? I mean, yeah. the 1950s. I've theorized that myself. That, <laughs> like, time travel is not fun for anyone but white men, unless you're going forward. Because yeah, then true. there's maybe some curiosity about how things. I might go to 2042. That's a joke for <laughs> a handful of you. Bada bing. Um. 
but no, that's true. Like once you're, you're talking about time travel, you have like a window of 15 years yeah. where you could walk down the street comfortably without an escort and not yeah. have to worry about slavery. Yeah. That um, was one of, that was one of those big, like, like my, my, I could feel my, moments. my, my perspective skewing whenever I heard that for the first time. Cause you don't really think about it as a white person. Yeah, I'm sure don't. that like, ah, oh, wouldn't time travel be awesome? Like another version of this is I talk to white leftists and white liberals occasionally who talk about wanting to flee the country, especially like while Trump was in office huh. and they always want to go to places whiter than here. Canada. It's like, Oh, you know, Canada, Iceland, Denmark. Yeah. It's like, you mean places that are historically like 99% white and super fucking racist. Yeah. The better places. It's not like here. <laughs> they have real things about Poland. Real democracy. Oh, yeah. There. I heard about Canada it's lately, so bud. diverse. There's white people and less white people. <laughs> Some of them aren't even blonde. Yeah, to to all of our uh, misinformation, Mexico would have been the safer place to go, or Cuba. Up yeah, in, up or in, Cuba. Uh, if we're not including the embargoes, really. But um, I'm not. Oh, we have to talk about Cuba later. Yeah, we do. I have just things that just flooded my brain. But please continue. Okay, absolutely. Uh, so HOAs are homeowners associations. They rose to prominence in the 1950s. Uh, an HOA is a private association often formed by real estate developers, actually, uh, for marketing and management purposes. They limit what you can and can't do in a particular neighborhood. The yes. idea being that HOAs keep up property value. And I'm sure we've all uh, heard ridiculous myth. stories from people about some of the stuff they are, aren't allowed to do. Like I've seen things where like, you're not allowed to close. You have to keep your garage door open during the day to prove that no one's living in there certain colors you're not allowed to paint your house that one um, I, the garage door one is one i did not know but you haven't I, heard that one before i've seen their doors open and wondered in weird why times of the day yeah that's apparently per in some cases part of it that makes what sense. we deal in with hoas is like permission to plant on your property because you guys yeah. do some landscaping yeah. right so you do like so, not gardening but putting yeah, in stuff yeah. so on you, properties we terraform so in in living in an hoa you can't just wake up one day and be like i don't like that rose i would like to put a boxwood there you have to go uh contact debbie sorry to the debbies that's the name i went with you gotta contact debbie or al and be like hey debbie and al uh well email dear debbie and al <laughs> uh <laughs> I hope this finds you well. And then you have to ask them for permission to plant in your property. Even which though seems you the own most the un American land, thing. Right? Yeah. So then you have yes. some schmuck like me come to do it and then you cut you try to be like, Hey, you wanna take that out? And I gotta be like, to talk to the HOA because if I start doing that, Al's gonna come down here and start exactly. yelling at me and I'm gonna look at you and be like, What did we start here? And that has happened before. I I've tried to be the guy be like, Hey, do this for me real fast and I just got plants that I'm just gonna be throwing away and I'm like you're out of the way. Okay, I go over there. Here comes Al and Debbie. All of a sudden, they're getting into it with this old guy, and it's just like, why'd you even choose to live here, man? Now, you guys say you deal with a lot of HOAs in, yeah, in your line of work. Okay, so just out of curiosity, how many black clients have you ever had? One. One, and One family. Don't live, I don't believe there's... Uh, Treesdale is technically an HOA. Technically an HOA, but not not one that is ever like you. You have like you that can one's do more loosey goosey. Yeah. But dealing with people who live in the kind of places where you would own property, for example, or own land, they're yeah. usually white women with... with southern accents. Oh, yeah. are they? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, honey, honey, you go, honey, you gotta do this for me now, and it's just like perhaps mm. is is a byproduct of generational wealth. 
maybe. I just think it's interesting that whenever we're talking about dealing with HOAs, because we're going to get into the racist history of HOAs in just a second, sure. that you guys have had one black client. And how many years have you been doing what you do? Four. Four years you've had yeah. one black client. Give me five. Five, five years. Yep. Okay. I'm really, really racking my brain. Okay. That's, I mean about what I would expect. Uh, because HOAs come as a byproduct of redlining. Um, there you go, folks. Most housing agreements originally, previous to the Fair Housing Act, excluded three groups. Blacks, Jews, and Asians. And this was maintained by unwritten gentlemen's agreements, as it was deemed unconstitutional in 1948. You guys familiar with... I'm, I'm, I'm assuming you are, Abe, uh, familiar with, like, gentlemen's agreements? The fuck's and gentle what, gotta do yeah. it? Leave it out of it. Well, it's that weird respectability, yeah, elegant racism bullshit. It, oh. uh, but essentially, the idea is it was no longer legal to put it's, it's, whites it's, only it's into writing. Yes, you, you had a verbal agreement because you couldn't put the racism mm -hmm. in writing. Of course. We have an understanding between the two of us. Black people will never live in this neighborhood, correct? Let's shake on it. That's a gentleman's Yo, real, agreement. real Fucking fast. Shoot. That, that's some invisible Real, hand shit. Man. Well, I wish I had Laurel here. For, she would remember this. She remembers things like perfectly. We were working in HOA last year, and there was this group of <laughs> old white guys talking, and like part of their conversation was talking about their buddies in the state police and stuff, and like pretty mm -hmm. much talking about that like card that people say they have. Yeah, yeah. Like that get out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were talking about that shit. They no were, shit. They no fucking shit. While we were working, they were talking about that shit. That was an HO. That was a very vivid HOA day because it that's was a, a very much a bullshit day. Good that illustration is, that that's a. I didn't even know those cards were like an. Holy, I thought that was just like an urban legend kind of thing. I need Fuck, to confirm everyone. I need to confirm with Laurel. She would know exactly what was said because she was like. It seems so seething. realistic. Yeah, and they were watching I mean, it's, us the it's whole so time. gonzo, it seems like a thing that would really happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. I find that a lot of situations with overt racism, their experiences where you're like, I'm not even sure if that really happened because that was so insane. I don't know if that could happen. They were talking not. a lot about like, you know what I yeah, mean? It was Absolutely. Fucking, it was fucking wild. Uh, so some early tactics of HOAs included a, uh, and this is interesting, Cody, maybe you'll have some insight on this is like the one mm -hmm. of us who just recently became a homeowner. Yeah. Uh, one of the earlier tactics of HOAs included a minimum square footage requirement, mm -hmm. uh, which would guarantee hop, uh, higher property taxes based. So like you wouldn't build houses smaller than a certain to maintain what tax bracket homeowners had to be in in order to yeah. buy you got to look on your face fucking anti-tiny house house that's what it is sizes yeah. are utterly homogenous yeah. yeah they're they're never like once they start building it's it's always within 150 200 square feet and you do you do wood flooring right yeah. so like you've done a lot with square footage in houses so yeah. if you think of baseline they size of property same. having something to do with what tax bracket you have to be in to afford a home that was part of why that first became a thing flashing back to some big ass living rooms yeah mm -hmm. it's always it's always mm -hmm. it's always a foyer with a stupid fucking diagonal hall and then that leads into an open kitchen with granite countertops and an island there's a sitting room on your left that no one's ever fucking used there's an office on the right and then there's a sunken living room for some stupid reason oh i'm back what's in a that... sunken living room oh it's a step down right yeah you just you just it's 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 a living room but there's a step down to it it's for when your husband comes home drunk, he twists his ankle, and you just sit up there just 
in your rocking chair smiling. It makes me wonder if there's some sort get, of a Jim. correlation between that and That's the sunken place get, and Jim. get out. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. I don't know enough about that to comment on it. But uh, in most cases, <sighs> the HOA regulations exist to uh, be a preventative measure through which fines can be levied against neighbors in attempts to force them out of neighborhoods. And there's actually like documented examples of black people moving into white neighborhoods and repeatedly being fined for things their white neighbors are doing. Uh, just because you try to subtly make it clear that this is going to keep costing you money until you get out. Is this a Jordan Peele movie? I mean, I was talking about Get Out five seconds ago. Okay. That might be why that's in yeah. your head. But, but it seems like, like it. I mean, it's it's not even a horror film. It's just America, dude. This yeah. is how the suburbs yep. became a thing. Oh, got it. Uh, you, yeah, but at the same time, wealth is directly tied to your ability to own property particularly a house because they increase in value over time. What so was the, sure. what was the show that was just on? Uh, it was like directly inspired by Jordan Peele. Uh, uh, I don't know. Oh. Uh, let me look into the it. The last thing I remember seeing that he was going to be attached to was a Twilight Zone reboot. No, right. It's um, actually really good, by the way. Oh, it's on? Yeah, yeah. they've mm-hmm. done like two or three seasons. Oh, really oh shit. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Where can I watch that? This seems like an off-air conversation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, there, this is a quote from Jonathan Rothwell, who uh, wrote something that I think we linked up for the episode description. Um, there is a there is plenty of evidence from historic records and housing policy discussions that anti-black racism motivated some of the strategies used by homeowner associations, such as deed restrictions and covenants that explicitly discriminated against black people by compelling other owners to avoid selling to them. HOAs perpetuate racial and economic segregation by blocking fair participation in housing markets, thus denying wealth genera- generating opportunities and upward mobility for many black people in low-income families. So it's that idea that by keeping black people out of these neighborhoods through the use of these housing covenants, you deny them the ability to take part in that, what you would consider to be the American dream, the American experience. What a lot of white people think the 50s were so great for, that, you know, a house with a garage and a kid playing in the front yard, that thing, while that was going on for you, we were systematically denied those things. Not while. They specifically repped those benefits in light of those people yes. suffering. Yes. Yeah. It's not even and like there's a plenty of two evidence that whenever black li- veterans appealed to why aren't we getting all of these things? Exactly. They were lynched, you know, as we talked about in the last episode. There we go. There's uh, systematic violence for like why do you think you deserve the same things we do? Exactly. Uh, which, you know, ties back into this idea that like meritocracy and your position based on your earnings and your hard work is horseshit because it has not mattered how hard black people have worked, the system is set up to keep them in the place that they are. Mm -hmm. Just more of that myth. Uh, So as of 2018, 60% of newly built single-family homes and 80% of homes in nude subdivisions are part of an HOA. Uh, So I think that another thing it's interesting to think about when you think about housing covenants and determining what you can and can't do on your own property. Like, we Mm -hmm. talked... I can't remember if it was last week or the week before on the Ford episode about his Amer- his English schools and the forced Americanization of the immigrant yes, classes. Yes, Fordism. This idea that in order to be successful and be accepted into the American paradigm, there is 
a list of things you have to do in B. He checked it's, their homes too, right? Yes, yeah. mm-hmm. house vi- home visits. Yes, oh. this idea that Americanism is predicated on you being as, we'll call it white, as possible. What we mean is that yeah. Anglo-Saxon... Yeah. White picket uh, that, fence, yes, hedges, that thing. the red door. And you become American by eschewing your own culture in favor of fitting in with this dynamic white people That's have why we created. don't have a fucking culture. Yes, exactly. Food, holy fucking exactly. Shit. I've always kind of identified the white picket fence as a, a like a literal prison si- no a symbol of racism in general i mean i would agree it's to keep your neighbors out it's yeah, a sign exactly. against community exactly and was yet- painting the fucking fence right and how racist was that fucking book um yeah don't get me started on mark twain we only have so much time no please don't um for the love of god please don't <laughs> but more but like I, mark point, lame cody, got him. but to your point cody i agree that i think mm-hmm. the, the white picket fence and fences in general yes really are but a subtle and suburbs. passive aggressive fuck community that you can put in your yard mm-hmm. yeah i mean it's it, there's so much you know that i think we talked in the white privilege episode or the critical race theory episode whichever about how suburban or non-urban white communities don't encourage culture or or community and you don't know your neighbors. Exactly, yeah. And I think that fence has a lot to do with that. Mm-hmm. And embracing that, cutting yourself off from the community and assimilating is how you're supposed to get ahead here. You know, it's why we bitch about Mexicans not learning to speak English. It's why we have these different cultural and social complaints about why aren't they like us? But we still purport the country to be a melting pot. Okay, you can live here, Mm -hmm. but if you want to thrive, you need to pull your pants up and stop talking like that, to Mm -hmm. quote Bill Cosby, Mm -hmm. to tell you how deep this shit is ingrained. This idea that a successful black man, as much of a piece of shit as he was, thought that the right message to give black college grads is, if you want to succeed, you need to be as white as humanly possible. And this idea has been reinforced over and over and over again, and HOAs are just a way to do it in your own home. It's just, yeah, it's the it's most what oppressive. I mean when we, well, what we mean when we say systemic. Yeah. It's not one thing. No. It is everything. And it's, yeah, federally backed most times. Federally, I mean, started by the government, really. And it's, it's just a part of how this country is not so much a country as a grift run by propaganda fueled by white supremacy. And if you start looking at things in that context, all of the things about your environment that don't make sense start to make sense. Did you have something you wanted to? Uh, yeah, but yours was way better and more meaningful. <laughs> well, thank you, Abe. I appreciate that. Uh, I'll go on. Uh, so reports show that neighborhoods with HOAs are less racially diverse and less regulated cities have higher HOA premiums, leading researchers to believe that residents rely on HOAs to facilitate segregation. Now, you have to look at how where you live determines where you go to school, determines how you vote, mm-hmm. uh, and by controlling what parts of the country black people have access to you control what resources are are afforded to them Mm -hmm. so without saying 
get back in the field, you can force the situation. You can corral them. Exactly. It is a form of invisible fencing. It's, it's a really like a dehumanization tactic. It's like just... And you do it in the nicest way possible, legally. The, the, the road to hell is paved with half-handed, uh, you know, fake... Kindness. Or whatever, John. Yeah. Mount said. Lebanon, one of the uh, one of the wealthiest school districts around here, one of the wealthiest public school districts around here. Uh, whenever, whenever desegregation happened, the end mm-hmm. of Jim Crow, they got rid of school buses. Believable. So that they wouldn't have to bus black children in. I mean, there's we can do a whole episode about this eventually, Jeez. but there is a direct that's still going on today. They don't have school buses in in. Uh, that's insane. Yeah, still in, in Mount Le- Mount Lebanon school district does not have school buses. I did not and know the that. reason they don't they never they got rid of their school buses was so that black kids couldn't go to the school. I mean, there is a direct correlation in this country historically between the beginning of homeschooling and the beginning of desegregation. Yep, mm-hmm. white people saw black kids going to school and pulled their kids out. That's why we have homeschoolers in this country. There has been yeah, it's always predominantly a, a, a white flight reaction mm-hmm. to black people being permitted to occupy any space. And I say again, how do you base a system on meritocracy whenever one group has been at every turn disallowed from developing any merit any wealth, any accumulation of any sort without being met with systematic legislation or violence or a combination of the two? Uh, to put it in short, it's to keep the game being played. Yeah, it's rigged. It's just to keep, keep everyone confused. Uh, keep I don't everyone... even know if it's commu- confused so much as angry. Yeah, I was going to say angry. I think Which that in it's, anger it's... kind of sparks... To your, point, like to your point, propaganda is a big part of things, and of a big uh, the the main goal of propaganda is confusion. So I'm not completely disagreeing. No, with you. right. I I just think rage has been so much more effective, and like it's it's almost become a trite saying. But whenever you are the ruling class, equality looks like oppression. Yeah, like a- we talked about Negro dominance in yeah. the last episode, and they saw one third of the elect electorate as dominating Mm -hmm. it's this idea that if we are not in charge of everything and controlling the rules of the game the game's not fun anymore you know what i mean it's exactly yes and uh i for one am ready to flip the monopoly table and i you know enjoy that game <laughs> as, as painful uh, as it is created to say it. by a socialist yeah exactly that's honestly deep down i it it's it's just like a blatant like look look how fucked we can act and, well, and amongst we've... the separation of all this and like how much we can exploit each other and how quickly we can destroy relationships just by acting within the system that is provided for us and there are many fascinating studies based on like based around how humans you know, think about money and accumulation and stuff like that based right. around that game. Yeah, it's. Um, but they're all probably skewed and just to a degree, probably. Know, I I think that there is some reality to the idea that when you give people economic advantages over a long enough period of time, they start to think that they earned them. Like that's literally they used Monopoly to prove that there yeah. was a study. Where you started, you had a group of people playing Monopoly, and you started the game off where one person had all of the money and all of the property. 
Right. And what they found more often than not is as the game progressed, that person would go from understanding that they started the game with an advantage to believing they deserved to be winning. Like, that is such a microcosm for white people's reaction to you've stacked the deck. No, we worked harder than you. Uh, you can literally see examples in, in the conversations around things like land back where white people will suggest, essentially, we stole this land fair and square. We deserve to be here. That's a great you oxymoron. Know, there's That's there's a, a lot oxymoron. of reinforced aggression around the Conquered, idea that not stolen. That's the yes, that's the yes, exactly. That's exactly. The, that's the valor they try to wear on their their badges and when you relate that to the quote from last episode about what has happened to anyone who has run afoul of the white race being subjugated or exterminated you understand how the idea of equality is received by a ruling class right uh so in 2019 just to get back to it a woman in florida found that an hoa agreement for a neighborhood she was thinking about moving into uh still had a caucasians only clause in it uh, so this is literally like it, it's it, this has always been the point, and sometimes they forget to take the text out, and it's just right there in front of you. And that Caucasian was three. Clause Caucasian was in clause it? was in it, and this was in 2019 in Jacksonville, Florida. That's not long. No, ago. not at all. Not at all. Uh, and some other restrictive requir- requirements that uh, can reinforce the racial homogeneity homogeneity of a neighborhood uh, would be minimum credit scores. And we've seen this extend beyond homeownership to even renting now. A lot of apartments require minimum credit scores oh, yeah. for, for, for you to be able to... Uh, Nonsense. Or, or in-person interviews is another mm-hmm. one, so that you can say that the person didn't pass the interview. The reality is you wanted to make sure they were both white. Mm-hmm. Now, you don't have to say that. You can always say they failed or, the interview for any myriad of reasons. Or just but... exploitable enough. I was actually almost caught in a lease where the guy had a provision that said... I'm allowed to enter this building at any time of the day. Fuck that. At any hour with no with no warning. With no warning. Nope. He added that in and my dumb ass didn't even have the hindsight to like really think about the implications of that. That and he could just show up at your house whenever yeah, he wanted. Until I had to fight him for my fucking deposit back and I basically just weaseled my way out of the system. Like, well, these are the these sorts of controls and balances are how you maintain all white neighborhoods in a post housing act era it's all how you're able to puritanical white too yes Not even specifically like, anglo-saxon yes. protestant because mm-hmm. we have to understand that at the end of the day there is a stratification of whiteness where poor group, working yes. class white people might as well not be white to the white rich ruling class exactly now That's you still benefit from privilege homes. and uh, the fundamental exploitability that a lot of other white groups have mm-hmm. but it's it's uh it's it's not that different for y'all. <laughs> it no, is not the mean. same. It is not the same. No. I'm not quantifying the two, but of uh, one of the 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 main goals and victories of white supremacy has been convincing poor white people that they're a couple of good good uh, happenstances away from being billionaires. Oh yeah, you know yeah, what I mean. That's that's the I real grip. Invested in GameStop. Right, if you'd only played your cards right and worked every day for 350 years, you could be a third as rich as Elon Musk. If you want to know why uh, that's fucking ridiculous, you could go back to an earlier episode where we talk about the stonks. Yeah, the first time we had Abe on the show, he really uh, laid that out for us. That's one of the biggest episodes, yeah. 
and for in re- sure. reality, you're not a couple half a stance days away from uh, being a billionaire. You're like the guy in the suit on the subway one time. I'll never forget saying, "You're just a couple bad days away from being where I'm at." And he was talking about I mean, how he didn't true. have a house. So. Wait, you're what is it for, like four, four weeks, four four bad that changed, like that that was, away from homelessness. I thought what it was it? your two meals away from becoming the thing you fear most. Oh well, there is that, but there's something in <laughs> reference to like yeah, you're like four it's four like, tragis, tragedies from yeah. homelessness. At yeah, at any point. given time in the I United would say States, I'm two. I mean, yeah, I, that's, I, that's, I, he fucked me up. He was like, I he's like, yeah, this is fucked me up. And Sub- that's, the that's subway a would sad do that. reality of things exactly, is that yeah. we've convinced a lot of people who will never benefit from that sort of financial affluence that like it's just you just got to win the lottery or you know you'll get a raise or yeah. something great will happen to you even though you've been something. working hard your entire life and nothing has like okay you've had this work ethic we talked about in the last episode Ian how much do you think in the long run it has benefited you to approach employment that way uh, really I mean I know that's a loaded question because again you're a white dude but Actually, Overall. this is something I've been thinking about coming into these episodes. It could benefit me a lot if I really harnessed it for its negative mm-hmm. aspects. Like I could probably, like I could be running a, a, a beep in New York City. Not Van sure. Lewin, not fucking. I could be running a Van Lewin in New York City or something. But like I see how I could climb the fucking sure. Because anywhere I've gone, I've always got to. But I always get myself to the point of. All right, I can I help run shit and I figure this shit out, but I'm like I'm not going any further than this because further than this is a person I don't want to be. This is ethically, a, ethically right. a person I want to be. So I always get to the point where like I I you know I I do what I got to do for the company, but I'm still like hey, take the day off or I fucking take a longer break or fucking like I'm still in the trenches with people because the hard work you could use it and abuse it and get things out of this society, but do you like yourself at the end of that? I think that's an important question to ask yourself. Um, so I answer, I could see how it could really benefit me, but I don't, I, I just keep myself in this circle of just it, not well, I mean, self-crit is important. Like self-analysis and self-criticism are important things well, to not be, no, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, uh, you know, a, a healthy work ethic, you know, there's a, there's a tipping point. There's always too much of something and mm-hmm. what a healthy work ethic becomes is greed. Yes. Agree. Well, and I also think you have to look at how much you you personally benefit from your work ethic. Like, if you work for yeah. a corporation, how much does your labor ultimately benefit you versus someone who will have more than you will ever have, no matter what you do? You know what I mm-hmm. mean? Is we uh, we talk about like is a colloquialism busting your ass, and I don't think we consider that what that means is like you're breaking your body down for someone else to reap the benefits. I wrote a in many song about cases, that. It's, really? Yeah. It's called uh, it's, Doom Running. Okay. Yeah. So you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. I li- yeah, I literally wrote a song about it. It's from working I was going to say that's a benefit of working hard. I'm breaking my body. Well, and there's there's just a, a lot of questions that, like, as a cook, whenever I used to be a cook, mm-hmm. that I had to ask myself about, I'm not putting any money into retirement. Like, I don't have health insurance. And it hurts when I bend over to tie my shoes. Exactly. And I'm 35 years old. Should I be taking better care of myself because the business that I work in isn't going to do that? Exactly. Like, I think that there's this leftover from things like mining towns where it's like you have, you know, daddy boss who's going to provide your paychecks (laughs) and all this other bullshit. But like at the end of the day, Uh. if anything happens to you, you're on your own. 
like they're not yeah. gonna pay your medical bills they're not gonna no. take care of your family they're not gonna buy your clothes you're just fucked in those cases and you did it so some dick you never met who doesn't care about you can have another and, car and even most <laughs> unions don't even give a fuck about anymore. anymore and i mean we can talk That's a lot about how reagan of, yeah. and white supremacy i hate to keep bringing it up fucked up the labor movement because we convinced white working class people that they needed to value their labor more than everyone else's and it stratified the labor movement now, I mean, capitalist interests allowed Reagan to completely neuter the labor movement afterwards, but the 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 ability to be effective was sincere was severely hindered by an inability to organize along racial along uh, across racial lines. So yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> Sorry to bum you out, dude. No, no, no. <laughs> it ain't you. No, fair it's, enough. It's just the things that happen around us. Fair enough. And us. Now, as you can imagine, HOAs uh, are dwindling in popularity across generational lines. Like, I think something like 52% of baby boomers think they're popular or think they're great. But I think like 36% of millennials are in favor. I didn't see anything for Generation Z, I have to assume. They don't own homes. Right, they just don't think they're ever gonna own a home. Don't forget about Gen X. We always forget about those motherfuckers. They actually, they're less popular with Gen X than they are with millennials, believe it Mm. or not. Which surprised me a bit. I think that's like just the opposition of like daddies. I mean, there there could be something to that. I was just surprised to see that I think like... The millennial approval rating for HOAs was like 37, and it's like 35% for Gen X. I see young couples, though. I see them. No, I do, too. There are people living in, like, I live in a developed neighborhood right now, and there are people moving into that neighborhood who are younger than me. Jesus. You know. Those houses are valued at a ridiculous amount, too. And I wonder how they're, because, like, a, a couple across the street just bought a home, and... They're probably in their mid-twenties, and they're both restaurant employees, but they just bought a house. You know, obviously white people. So they don't have a drug problem? I mean, it's hard to say. They're, they look to be restaurant employees, so obviously That's there's something saying. going on. That's what but I'm saying. It's just that thing where, like, because of generational benefits, white people who are still working it in some cases, in some cases, like, working-class jobs have benefits that shouldn't be available to their economic classes whereas black people who do have the money to benefit from like a like a middle class lifestyle can't because of things like HOAs um to date uh like i said their popularity is dwindling but they're actually increasing in number uh there are over 350,000 HOAs in the US right now with an estimated 8,000 new ones created every year Uh, I'm going to quote from Jonathan Rothwell again. HOAs are popular because they work to create and preserve privilege by excluding others. This drives up the value of properties by limiting competition and disrupting markets. People don't necessarily seek out unfair privileges, but they are unlikely to voluntarily give them up without pressure from a stronger countervailing force. I think that's an interesting uh, perspective on that, and I think that it echoes a lot of what we've talked about about uh, white privilege on this show is that a lot of Certainly. why it's so hard to learn from is because nobody makes you, mm-hmm. you know, like, and, and, and this goes with this thought I have all the time driving around all these housing developments, mm-hmm. all these HOAs, you know what people want? It's this notion, this illusion of safety yes. and security. Take 
cut out a piece of the nutrient-filled farmland or the woods, destroy that so you could have a little cul-de-sac where everyone looks the same as you, all the houses look the same as you, you're all driving the same fucking car. And you all have your little garden with peppers and tomatoes in it. So tomatoes and peppers yes. only in containers, mm-hmm. and then you, you all have a little maple tree, and you all yep. have the boxwoods. Wow, there's empty houses and crumbling cities all around this country for well, your little little bit even... of safety. And, and, and you name it after the fucking foliage that you destroy. Wasn't the there uh, an aspect of maybe it wasn't COVID, maybe it was something else where the way that land was developed contributed to the spread of a disease because they wiped out everything except for like white footed. Yes. So, yeah, what happens when a development comes in is it pushes out the wildlife but the wildlife doesn't actually go anywhere it just circles back around and all of the bigger wildlife can be easily picked off and segregated so like you said smaller rodents end up taking over that area and then diseases start happening because of fleas taking right 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 ravaging those populations of rodents and falling into you know water and yeah. like spreading the disease that way or just you know through through the disease developing in the the fleas killing off turning the land into something that it's not supposed to be to go even to plants like you have all these people move into these developments and then they want i want the pretty uh uh one example butterfly bush uh this pretty purple lilac bush but that's an invasive invasive species so if you don't get had that at the end of the year get rid of that that's going to spread everywhere that's going to fight with the native species and then you have all these non-native species uh and then uh killing off or fighting off the native species and then you have the animal and it just fucks up everything yeah it's it's it ecologically yeah. ecologically unethical in a lot of ways indeed it's, uh the stupid shape of them too like the stupid shape of the roads and how you have to drive around them yeah contributes <laughs> to uh climate change this is a great really? point you just brought up there's actually two uh, developments in the area that we work that are literally right beside each other that are not connected because yeah. they're on different sides of the road. So two they have separate only cul-de-sacs. Two separate cul-de-sacs. You could spit in the other one from the other but side of one. But you can't drive But you it. can, they're not connected. They're on the same. No kidding. The same place. And you have yeah. to drive 10 minutes around. I didn't know that contributed around. to climate change. Yo, Dave. tomorrow. That's really yeah. interesting. We're fucking re-graveling oh a, 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 a um, path through the woods for yeah. the, all, the, all the fucking rich kids to go to Mars. We're working on one of the fucking... To not learn critical race theory. Good for them. Yeah, I know. It'll be fun for them. And then you have fucking... I just got to bring it up. You have fucking uh, Timberley Heights, one of the oldest housing plans in fucking Butler, and mm-hmm. all the all the roads are Iroquois Way. So yeah, yes, yeah. yes, 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 yes. Just the plantation yes, yes, out yes. in Saxonburg. Yep, yep. Saxonburg just being notoriously racist as always. It's just the goddamn worst. Oh, this was a fun one to riff on. I hate it, <laughs> <laughs> Well, as as we've alluded to, like HOAs serve the purpose of curating neighborhoods mm-hmm. uh, for right. home building grants and subsidized down payments, such as what were offered by the New Deal. So they were offering all of this money to people to build neighborhoods, and white people made sure they took up the lion's share of the money by creating housing covenants to make sure only white people moved into those neighborhoods. God damn! Again, denying cults. black people from the ability to. Accumulate yes, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm going to quote here from uh, Black Wealth, White Wealth, which is a very good book that I recommend by uh, Melvin L. Oliver and Thomas M. Shapiro. Quote, <gasps> what's up? 
<laughs> you said, you said the S word. Well, t- Thomas Shapiro. <laughs> I, I, know, I don't I know. think they're related. I actually, if, I believe I was the one who said Shapiro's a really good last name. If you it is a good it. last name. Rick Shapiro, fucking phenomenal comedian. <laughs> anyway. Uh, anyway, uh, quote, locked out of the greatest mass-based opportunity for wealth accumulation in American history, African-Americans who desired and were able to afford home ownership found themselves consigned to central city communities where their investments were affected by the self-fulfilling prophecies of the FHA appraisers. Cut off from sources of new investment, their homes and communities deteriorated and lost value in comparison to the homes and communities that FHA appraisers deemed desirable. So in other hmm. words, they were able to put people into ghettos. <laughs> Wait, let's, let's call that what it is. Neighborhoods with no real upward mobility that were going to deteriorate over time because of their lack of access to benefits. Forcibly occupied by the same minority group. Exactly. You know what's funny is that they did that to poor white people, but they got so proud of it. Yeah, you engender pride in where you you make it an identity. I was just thinking Elvis is in the ghetto. Oh, God. Uh, God. That fucking, is... and you force people to listen to that shit for Yeah. Ew. Ew. Yeah. Ew. That's the worst song that it ever is. happened. I don't know. Woman yeah. is the nigger of the world is not a great song either, if I'm being totally honest. With my you. stomach hurts. No, that's a John Lennon song. Yeah, that's a John oh. Lennon song. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. guys. Yeah. Anyway. Um. <laughs> so anyway. Does Dave um, know? Hold we'll on. find out. That's a conversation. So without access to the same federally regulated loan system, we touched on this a little bit at the beginning of the episode. Uh, black people and poor white people were subjected to predatory high interest and high risk loans. Mm-hmm. So because you couldn't just go and get a federal loan, you ended up being subjected to these clowns you see on television advertising like a 37% interest rate at a high premium. And uh, I get those pieces of mail every day. Like and the credit line loans. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Hey, you, you, you could have a credit line open of $35,000. You qualify yeah, for could, a visa and I'd have to pay you $125,000 in order to get that $30,000. Uh, And COVID and medical access and financial assistance further widened this gap last year. Uh, For example, 65.2% of black families lacked $400 for emergency funding. Uh, Unemployed black families, I should say. So if you were black and unemployed and you had an emergency last year where you required $400, 65% of us didn't have that. Versus, I think it was like 40-something percent of white people. Are we not? Are we going to talk about payday loans right now? Or I mean, we we can oh. if you want to, buddy. Like, there's we do that's not definitely have the time. I mean, we could just say that there's a really good episode of someone did a podcast about that. Uh, you'll 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 find it. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but like I was saying earlier, like we have to look at how zoning black people into certain neighborhoods allows you to control the way voting is done allows you to control which schools yeah, are where's best. the like, ballots wh- why are we why do we talk so much about how these certain areas have such good schools mm-hmm. well where do they pull their students from exactly yeah you know, and that of course feeds into things like sat scores being skewed this entire idea that modern segregations through through these dog whistle methods maintains a version 
of what this country has always been, where white people have access to all of the best things and are able to congratulate themselves on how hard they worked to earn them, while even if you're able to get to be middle class as a black person, you're disproportionately affected by every economic setback in this country. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you look at who was affected the most by the 2008 housing crisis. It was black families. Of course. Disproportionately, because they were relying on loans, like what we were just talking about. Um, a study of demographics in Chicago showed that a black family with an annual income of $100,000 on average lives in the same neighborhood as white families with an annual income of $30,000. And you, first of all, have to think about the aspect, the disparity there. And then I think about the overseer complex. What it does to poor white people to live next to a rich black person. Think about what kind of environment you're intentionally creating there. Where as a white man, you're living next to a black man who makes three times what you do. It's... And we, we have to think back to what was the plan instituted with austerity and all of these mm -hmm. other things. Keep white working class people antagonized at black people. Yep. That's it. Just, you work hard. Why does he have that and you don't? Again, it's it's the three piles of, you know, money, you know, one yeah. penny for the the worker and you know, shift the blame that the other the other guy wants your money. It's just so Meanwhile, because the of the way the switch. system's set up, a black family needs to make $100,000 to be at the same level of comfortability as a white family that makes $30,000. It's just absurd. I mean, it's it's just a reality of the disparity of things. Uh, here's a quote from he uh, Anne Helen Peterson uh, from an article called The Mirage of the Black Middle Class. I'm going to read from that in a little bit, actually. Uh, home ownership remains the beating heart of the middle class. Uh, homeowners are uh, privy to privilege privileges ranging from benefits in the tax code, uh, home equity lines of credit, uh, and homes mean generational wealth. Whenever you die, you can pass it on to a relative, and then they don't have to worry about where they're going to live. Mm -hmm. That's something that white people were able to do and, in fact, encouraged to do through the New Deal, through the GI Bill, through all of these things, and all of them were shut off from black people. So when you say, we're all the same and we have the opportunity to succeed, a lot of black people can't go more than three generations back and find someone who owned a home. It's just, uh, and we're going to do a bit with statistics a little, uh, in a little bit here as well, just uh, to wrap things up, uh, to give you an idea of that. And as I said, the 2008 housing crisis disproportionately affected black homeowners uh, who, due to longstanding discriminatory lending practices, believed subprime mortgages were the best financing option available to them. So whenever that market collapsed, a lot of people who had spent their entire lives getting to where they were homeowners lost everything, and there was no bailout for those people. Nope, instead we gave it all to a fascist motor company. Yeah, run yeah. Henry Ford. Isn't it funny how like it's the like this season's like the back. Dark Tower. <laughs> like there's yeah. all these books, and if you pay attention, they all kind of connect together. It's just we just gotta write ourselves into. <laughs> it's all looming. Stephen King's books are vehemently racist and socially transgressive. I don't know that I would actually want to well, be in one of them. The best part is that we would have to write the ending. Oh, so the ending would exist. Exactly. Then that's good. Right. Um, <laughs> Don't so, get on the dark tower right yes. now. <laughs> I'm sorry, Ian. I know you Slam. like it. I, so, 
a good audio book. The guy who read it. No, I agree. Like it's just... there's aspects of it that are great in that way that it connects everything. But anyway, uh, American meritocracy basically presents the idea of individual potential devoid of personal context. Here, I'm going to offer some uh, context about generational wealth disparity along racial lines, and I want to give a shout out to my partner Flowers for helping me get this together. Whoop whoop! Thank you, Fe. So, uh, the Harvard Gazette. As of the end of 2020, the home ownership rate for black families stood at about 44% compared to 75% for white families. Uh, this is from Brookings. The 400 richest billionaires have more total wealth than all 10 million black American households combined. Uh, the median white family has eight times the wealth of the median black family and five times that of the median Latin or Hispanic family. And home equity is the largest source of wealth building for the middle class. Uh, to note that in 2016, the median net wealth for white families was $171,000. For black families, it was $17,000. Uh, black people Ooh. currently hold less than 3% of the nation's total wealth, even though we make up 14% of the population. Uh, the, this is from the Federal Reserve Bank of Minneapolis. The historical data reveal that no progress has been made in reducing income and wealth inequalities between black and white households over the past 70 years. Yep. Yep. It's kind of uh, the point, right, that they've been trying to 100% make. 100% the point, yes. Yeah, that's, that's if I've learned anything from them, white picket fences. It's keeping things out. <laughs> it's it's keeping fences exist to keep things out. Yeah, white, and, keep the whiteies in. Exactly, uh, and uh, wealth begets wealth. I think is the overall point here, and it um, makes it easier to launch a business or take a career risk, and it's correlated with better health outcomes, mm -hmm. lower child mortality, longer life expectancy, just the general expectancy expect expectations of most Americans. Of course, uh, by two thousand five. 36% of middle-class black families had a parent living below the poverty line compared to 8% of white middle-class families. And just to give you a perspective of where things are at now, I have a quote here about uh, last year and how COVID affected black unemployment. All right. Uh, this there is, again, go. from... Um, that article I was quoting earlier, which will be hyperlinked in the uh, description of the episode. So this is more true than ever amid the COVID-19 pandemic. Black people are more likely to work in quote-unquote essential jobs, but also more likely to work in industries that cut or lay off workers during, during the, or laid off during the pandemic. Last month alone, this would have been, I think, October of last year, 154,000 black women dropped out of the job force while white women actually gained jobs. More than one out of every 750 black Americans has died of COVID-19, and black people have died from the disease at 1.5 times the rate of white people. A Johns Hopkins study from August showed that black people have nearly double the infection rate of white people, a statistic for which the full implications are still coming into focus as we learn more about the long-term effects of the disease. So this is just showing you how availability to things like better healthcare based on the neighborhood you live in, uh, it, it impacts everything, how all of these things are just connected. And yes. I, I hope seeing this net has helped outline for people how this country is not based on merit. It's based on white supremacy. Exactly. Has been from the very beginning, still is now, 
and uh, anyone who tells you differently is lying. I know all of that's very, very depressing, and I'm sure some people are thinking to themselves, what do we do about any of this? You know, it's been hundreds mm -hmm. and hundreds and hundreds of years of uh, exploitation and domination by a single class. How do we deal with all of these things? Well, next week, we're going to talk about reparations mm. as nice. something that can be done. And I think something the argument can be made uh, is, is deserved and warranted. And then for our season finale to wrap things up, we're going to talk about the land back document. So yes. we're going to you could say it's end a, on a high note, I guess. A few things that are uh, long overdue. Yeah, there's a. I think uh, who's the quote? That there's a, a bill that's owed. Is that Martin who said that? White oh, people, yeah. white people mm -hmm. owe a debt. Yes, I think that's yeah. Okay, I I, yeah. I mean I I don't want to misquote, but uh, it's, I'm almost certain. It's uh, also yeah. not wrong. <laughs> no, yeah. So, uh, Abe, I asked them earlier about uh, landscaping. You, uh, we talked about you work in woodwork. You, you refinish floors. You do those sorts of things. How many black clients have you ever had? Two, to my memory. Two. So you guys had one. You've had two. Yep. How many years have you done what you do? A bunch. So, does it seem odd to you at all that, like, in your lines of work, you just never encounter black homeowners? I mean... In these... Uh, it, it should be odd, but... It's also I, just, I you know where you live. understand history. <laughs> so, I know what's going on. What's going on? Mm. Uh, I, worked for, I worked for a pharmaceutical scientist. Uh, named Ulu from Africa, and he was amazing. One of my favorite people I've ever worked for. Okay, so that's that's one. And you said the other one was a video game developer. Uh, I think he's actually like he was a recruiter for a company okay. in video games. But yeah, but that's just I think an interesting demonstration of how when you work for a certain class of people, the assumption is you're going to be working for all white people, yeah. and that's not a misconception either. It's an accuracy. Uh, so that's, that's, uh, my subtle, well, not really subtle, I guess, attack on the myth of meritocracy, uh, a two-parter of the four-cornered yeah. room. Let's, uh, uproot this weed, just you like... You smoke this weed? Cause... Oh, we're gonna smoke it. Oh, oh good. First we gotta pull it that out. That would definitely not be HOA approved, For sure, bud. Hey, you guys know They'd that there's, a, there's this weed called the Australian Bastard Cannabis that doesn't look like pot at all, and what? it makes pot. What? So you could grow it right out in the open and it just doesn't look like weed. Does it smell it's like weed? It's pot that oh, makes pot? It, it's exactly pot. Yeah. I don't I understand. Okay. This sounds like voodoo again. It does like sound like voodoo, but it was a guy oh. that bred it to make it not look like weed so he it got away with like growing the it same sort of weird science abe was talking about with his fried twixes earlier yeah, 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 yeah. That. but a, i'm gonna i'm gonna take like gmos to me like a week to not read about black atrocities you deserve for a little that while um thanks um, for tuning in everyone it's been a heavy season of episodes mm -hmm. and we appreciate you all tuning in and learning along with us i know we've got some listeners who check the show out with their parents we've got some people who are really getting some educational value mm -hmm. out of this and that that means a lot to us so thank you all yes yes to speak on behalf of two non-teachers here i'm looking at they're very thankful you're opening your minds up to these new ideas so hopefully we can construct not just uh, a better tomorrow but 
it's fuck a more fair just day for people that's well, all i think that creating a country that people could actually feel the sort of pride you're yes. expected to feel in exactly would be a step in the correct direction i mean i think that at the end of the day countries are bullshit and we should all just you know get yeah. off that the trip, age of but... tribalism is over and we can be fucking fully automated space communists now and we're just fucking slacking yeah, space buddy. commies coming at you hey Brother. <laughs> <laughs> and we wait to change that. the name of the show. Space fully com- fully automated spa- space communism. Yes. <laughs> I mean, uh, if that's not copyrighted, I'm into it. <laughs> I'm I'll, fine with I'll that. get the laser sounds. Well, thank you all for listening to the Four Corner Room. And uh, from, from your host here, stay hydrated and also stay hep. And catch you next time on... Fully animated space coming! <laughs> 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 there we go.